Are you looking for a podcast where you can hear from real people regarding their real dental drama? If so, then you've come to the right place. Join hosts Bethany Petty and Dr. Rena Kuba as we dive into the solutions we've created and the mistakes we've made while managing dental drama. Let's get started. Happy Monday, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. I have had multiple fans reach out and ask for a little bit more information about leadership styles. A few episodes ago, Dr. Kuba and I talked pretty deeply about my favorite leadership style, which is servant leadership, but I mentioned in that episode that very few people actually have the mentality of a servant leader. So Dr. Koopa asked me on air, hey, will you go and actually do some additional information on other leadership styles? And I've had other people reach out and ask as well. So I wanted to spend a few minutes in today's episode just diving into what I see are the most common leadership styles, at least in all of my years of consulting. I've seen these leadership styles pop up on many occasions, to be perfectly honest. Now, I think each style could be named something different as you try to discover your own leadership style or want to read more about leadership styles. You'll probably see a lot of different names for the ones that I'm going to mention today, but I have picked the term that I think makes the most sense and fits the description to the best of the uh, definition of that style. So I'm hoping that these will be pretty memorable today. Um, Also, I will say that every leadership style has pros and cons. And so I'm just going to talk about the pros and cons of each of these styles as well. Now, as a reminder, I think that leadership styles come from a general mindset. There's a lot of different ways that we can execute leadership, but I think how we think about people, how we think about leadership, how we make decisions, how we prefer to conduct our business, all of that is the mindset behind leadership. So one of these styles may sound really exciting to you, but at the end of the day, if that is not a style that you can execute with relative consistency, then don't just pick a style because it sounds good to you. I definitely think that there's styles that we can aspire to or we can learn more about and we can begin to implement some of those things. But to basically turn yourself into somebody that you're not is not wise because you'll be pretty inconsistent with that leadership going forward. So without further ado, I want to dive into the first leadership style that is pretty noticeable when I'm working with a client. And that's what I call laissez-faire leadership. Um, Very hands-off approach, laid back, everything that you would think of when you think of laissez-faire. So this particular type of leader is usually surrounded by a really good team. And this type of leader also might naturally be a little bit more of that laid back, going back to personalities, phlegmatic type personality that's just kind of go with the flow. Everything's going to be fine. Um, And so what they do is they lead by letting others kind of take charge. 
They let the others make decisions. They have this generalized optimistic view that everything's going to turn out great. Uh, There's a high trust factor that they have on their team. They feel confident that they've got the right team members in place. And therefore, they can kind of just sit back, conduct their role, not really have to interact or intervene in any way with the team. And there's a lot of pros to this particular leadership style if you have the right team. This is one of those leadership styles that will not work if you've got a group of new team members that really need more involvement from the business owner or from the leader on the team, or if you have people that potentially aren't as competent in their job description, so they're not the natural go-getters and, you know, hey, my my awesome laissez-faire leader isn't giving me any direction, so I'm going to figure it out on my own. If, if the team does not have that in place, then a laissez-faire leader can be very uh, detrimental to a team. So I think it's got to be the right kind of situation for this laissez-faire leader to emerge. Now, having said that, if you read a lot about big business or big corporations, sometimes startup businesses will have a laissez-faire leader to begin with because they want to really foster creativity amongst their new team. And I do think that that is helpful to a certain point so long as you have bright, dedicated, intelligent people on the team. It's neat for them to have some autonomy in their new role in this new business. Now, some downsides to the laissez-faire leadership is it can make the team feel at times like the leader actually doesn't care. Um, So even though they're really cool, they're really chill, they're so nice to be around, they can sometimes begin to interpret that as the leader doesn't care. Or the employees will start to feel like, I think I care more than my leader cares. And there can become some bitterness involved in that. And the other potential downside is sometimes we have trouble pointing the practice in the trajectory that it should go when we have a laissez-faire leader at the helm because they are very hesitant to steer the ship, make decisions, tell somebody how to make a decision. So you've got all these individual team members making what they believe to be the best decision and it can create a very disjointed or disconnected practice. And there are many times that I've stepped into practices that are just off course because they've got a laissez-faire leader at the helm. And so uh, the other component of this that I see is without somebody to kind of rally the troops and, and bring everybody together and have this open dialogue and we're making decisions together and all of this, when you don't have that, people can kind of function more individually, kind of like siloed off into their own little domain. And there's there can be um, a lack of interconnectivity on the team. So that would be the other downside to a laissez-faire leader. 
So that's, that's the pros and cons to that type. The next type of leader, which I casually mentioned in the servant leader episode, was a, a concept that I call transactional leadership. So this mindset is focused on um, human behavior. Basically, it comes down to this leader believes that there are going to be certain things that motivate people and there's going to be certain things that demotivate people. Therefore, they build out a structure that's kind of based on rewards and consequences. Um, I almost view this as um, the early stages of parenting where you've got these really set rules and if, you know, little toddler, you know, crosses the line, there's an immediate consequence. Oh, oh, you're, you cross the line, you're in timeout now. Or, hey, you sat so well at the table, so you get dessert. So it's just a very um, reward and punishment type system. And not much more than that. So basically, you do this job for me, and hit these numbers or, or accelerate our hygiene department or whatever the initiative might be, you do that and I'll reward you. Or you mess something up and there's going to be a consequence to that. And honestly, the great thing about this leadership style is there it's very clear. The expectations are usually exceedingly clear in this model. So you've got a team that knows what's expected of them. They know what they're aiming for. They know the consequences if they don't hit that. And so there's just a real clear understanding between the leader and the team. The downside to this model is that oftentimes it's not built on anything else. So it's like over time, there can be a lackluster team because either they just always hit the reward and so the reward really isn't appealing anymore or they never hit the reward and they're tired of trying for it or they just want something more. They want to feel like there's a connection with the boss or there's a loyalty that they want to have with the practice and a connection to the practice that's built on something other than this transaction. And so I have again stepped into many teams led by a transactional leader and the team is just kind of rusty they're not excited or enthusiastic and so we're either having to polish up our rewards and change those and make them better and try to get the team rallied around that again or we're having to kind of move in different directions to get the team incorporated again in different ways beyond rewards or consequences. So that's transactional leadership and again can be very successful on a team. The only thing to keep in mind is that it can get old and crusty so we need to keep that one fresh. The other leadership style that I've seen is what I call an authoritative leader. Um, This is the type of leader that it does exactly like it sounds. They command respect. They make all decisions. All decisions live and die with them. They don't need the advice or the feedback from their team. They don't seek it out. They are 
likely in many cases they're seeking advice outside of the practice from advisors or things like that um, so that they can make the best possible decisions but it's very clear that that person is a leader their mindset is I need to be a strong leader I need to get this practice where it needs to go and that falls on me and therefore I'm going to set up the systems and the structure and the people I am going to make sure that those people know what they need to do and what my expectations are of them, and we are going to plow forward. And so their their mindset is really focused on the importance that they have on that team and how if that practice is going to be successful, they have to be a good leader. And in their mind, that leadership is making decisions, moving forward, keeping the ball going. Um, Now, obviously, some of the downsides are there's no, oftentimes, no relationship with the team. They kind of function, the authoritarian, authoritative leader just kind of functions on their own. Or if there's other leaders on the team, they might function in collaboration with that teammate, like an associate dentist or a partner or a really strong office manager. This is the type of leader that they get frustrated when people begin to make decisions without them. So, you know, wow, who decided to put that sign up? I didn't, I did not authorize that. And who, you know, who made this scheduling decision? I didn't authorize this. So the team is very clear on this, that decisions live and die with that leader which does create strong clarity. Um, the only, there, I would say there's more downsides to this leadership style probably than any other leadership style because, number one, people get tired of being told what to do. They get tired of their voice not being heard. And ultimately, I see a lot of turnover in this type of environment. And now... The upsides are the leader fully is in control and they oftentimes don't rely on anybody. So that, you know, the the monkey's on their back to make this thing work and they can either have the uh, full, the, all of the celebration when they're good at that or they can also have all of that stress when they're bad at it. So, you know, the good side is it's clear that the leader is you know, functioning and, and doing everything. The downside is it can be exhausting for that leader and there is just not a lot of loyalty towards that leader. So that's the authoritative leadership style. Probably my least favorite, one that I would recommend if that's your default, try to compensate with at least one other leadership style that you can transition to at least from time to time. The other, one of the other leadership styles is called a democratic leadership style. So it's kind of opposite of this authoritative leader. A democratic leader is exactly as it sounds. They are one that relies heavily on the feedback of their team. So their mindset is, I'm not moving forward with any decision unless I get the buy-in from my team. There's a lot of positives to this model because ideas are shared, we, we collaborate together, we do a lot of talking about things, 
and we don't move forward until we all feel good about it. Sometimes we even vote on things so that we're all clear on this new system that we're rolling out. You know, this was a majority vote. So it can feel very collaborative and exciting to be a part of that type of team. And the Democratic leader is able to share some of the burden with the team on making decisions and all of that. So it it is a very good environment for team members. Some of the downside to this leadership style is, number one, it can take a long time to make decisions. So because everybody's talking, everybody's sharing, they know their voice is heard. And so everybody's speaking and it can slow down decisions To the point that a leader may be like, okay, forget it. I'm not going to ask for a vote on this. And they make a decision just out on an island on their own. And then it's like mutiny. The team is like, what in the heck were you thinking? We make decisions together. And so the leader can sometimes feel trapped by this style when a quick decision needs to be made. However, it is a very effective model. I think team members feel very valued in the process decisions are thoroughly evaluated and so it can be a very effective model it may just need to be balanced with your team understanding that from time to time there will be decisions that you only need to make for the sake of timeliness and not everything needs to be known by the team there's going to be some decisions that ultimately are only within the privy knowledge of the practice owner So that's Democratic leader. The other style that I've had a lot of movement with and practices is visionary leader. And I feel like I've experienced this type of leader on multiple occasions. And it's a very exciting environment to be a part of. So this leader is of the mindset that they are casting this huge vision for their team this is where we're going. This is what we're going to become. This is who we are. The visionary is big into brand and identity. And in the dental field in particular, this is our patient experience. This is what we want. Let's, let's shake things up. Let's do things differently. Let's, let's rock this dental world. And so they're very motivational people to be around They have a lot of enthusiasm and energy and people are naturally drawn to that vision and it's just exciting to kind of partake in um, just getting riled up for this, this vision. And so the positives of this type of leader is that they really do have this mindset that is, you know, a year ahead, two years ahead. 10 years ahead they're always dreaming big and coming up with these really cool ideas and they're exciting to be around so I think those would be the the pros the downsides to this is that sometimes that sometimes that leader is so focused on the vision that they have a really hard time coming up with the details of how to get to that vision And so the team can grow weary because it's like, well, we always talk about this is where we're going, but how are we getting there? And if the visionary leader can't provide that plan, then sometimes they can 
become lackluster in following this vision. It's like, well, let's just go back to status quo, then it works just fine. And then that can be defeating for the visionary leader because he or she is like, why aren't, why aren't they following me? Like, let's, let's go into the unknown and nobody's coming with me. And that's very defeating. And so I think one of the key things with this type of leadership, if you are a naturally big picture, exciting type leader is you've got to have good team members that are thinking through the details and are very good at follow through. Because your personality as a visionary leader draws you to the big picture and you are most likely not super adept at thinking of all those nitty gritty details. So support yourself, get yourself a good person or two that is good at that those details so that the vision that you're casting is actually happening in small baby steps. The last leader that I'll talk about is a situational leader. A situational leader is somebody that has a blend of usually several different leadership styles. So there may be times that they are a democratic leader. There may be times that they are a visionary leader. And then there may be times that they're a transactional leader. And they kind of flex those muscles or those core qualities when needed. So when needed, they are transactional and they talk about what to expect of the employees and how they're going to get this reward if they'll just do their job. If they'll just do X, Y, and Z, they're going to get this reward. Um, And they'll focus heavily on that when they feel like it's needed. And then when it feels like their team is maybe losing sight of the reward or not not feeling it, then they switch for the next couple months to just being this visionary and talking these big ideas and getting their team rallied. And then they may, you know, transition back to democratic and they're like, okay, now that we're all excited because we just came off this visionary leadership style, now let's let's talk through some things of how we're going to execute this and let's hear your thoughts and your feedback and let's vote on things. And so they can kind of merge from leadership style to leadership style based on what is needed in that moment. The great news is that's very helpful. It's helpful to have a couple of different styles that you can bring to the surface when needed based on what's going on with your team. It is helpful. I think the downside to it is it can sometimes be confusing to your team because they're wondering, okay, when is he being a democratic leader? Is he being a democratic leader right now? Does he need my thoughts and feedback? I can't tell. Or are we, why are we always talking about bonuses? What happened? What, why are we talking about all these rewards? And they're not picking up on the fact that you've transitioned to transactional leadership. And they're kind of like, where are these rewards even coming from? Or, or where are these consequences coming from? And so you've got to be careful as a situational leader not to vacillate between too many of them and also not to vacillate too often. So normally I would say have two of them that you feel like you're pretty good at and execute both of those simultaneously with consistency. So it's adopting both of the mindsets behind the leadership styles that you're choosing and wearing those mindsets daily. And then you're vacillating between those throughout the day so that your team is very used to both of these 
running alongside of each other. So that is situational leadership. I would say most people don't fully know their style and so they may actually come across as a situational leader because people are having trouble reading them because the leader himself or herself is actually having trouble coming up with their own identity as a leader. So um, I think situational leadership is great but I would spend more time thinking about all of these that I've been talking about including the servant leadership that Dr. Kubin and I discussed a few weeks ago, really thinking about the mindset behind each of those and what of, which one of those resonates with you, which two of those resonates with you, and then how can you build that type of leadership into your everyday interactions with your team. I hope this helped. I know it was a lot of power-packed information. There are, as you guys know, plenty of resources that go much deeper than this on leadership styles, but I hope that we've at least scratched the surface, and my encouragement to you would be reflect on these and figure out, are you already one of these? And if so, I've talked about the pros and cons of that particular style, so what can you do to mitigate the risk on those negatives to your leadership style. And then I've also told you the pros. So how can you really double down into those pros and harness the power of your leadership style for yourself and for your team? So think, listen to this, kind of identify where you fall, and then think about your particular pros and cons and what you want to do about those. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I hope that you guys are taking this to heart and becoming that much of a better leader in your practice. Thanks for joining the conversation today. We hope that you are comforted in knowing that you are not alone, but we also hope that you're walking away with some really great tips and tricks to try in your practice. We value your feedback, so please take a few moments to rate and review the podcast. Finally, we want to make sure that we're covering the topics that matter to you. So track us down on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and let us know what topics you want us to cover. As always, please know that we are rooting for you today as you manage your dental drama.